Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. Why is it necessary to be delivered? What would you be delivered from? In today's culture, how much do you hear about being delivered by God? Please know when you're a student of God's Word, you find physical occurrences, yes, but they only pave the way for His spiritual truths. Do you see them? And when you do, how are you applying God's spiritual remedies in your life? So, what about deliverance? Do you think deliverance applies today? Or was it only for them in the Bible? How can anyone free themselves from captivity when they don't actually know they're in it? That's how deceptive the devil's schemes are. He has you captive, but you're believing his illusion that you're free. When God exposes the devil's smoke and mirrors, it should amaze you as to what God reveals today. You got your tanks? Let's dive in. This segment is titled, Discipleship the Way of Life, Are You Delivered? I would hope it would make you wonder why I would ask you this question. But most importantly, you should be asking yourself the question, am I delivered? Because the simple truth of the word is, you are either delivered or in captivity. Now you've listened to me long enough to know what I'm fixing to say. Let me hear it, no gray area especially when every disciple of Jesus knows when God stretches forth his hand and rescues each one of the lost sheep, and by the way, God could be delivering a sheep right now if it's in his plan to do so, of course, but when he delivers, he brings each sheep into his fold. Then immediately, true life change comes into their existence, and God, by his sovereignty, moves each sheep from the devil's power and control in spiritual darkness to his rule and authority into the light of Jesus Christ. Praise God. I'm here to testify to you too that not one sheep just finds Jesus' fold while they're walking in spiritual darkness because they are darkness. Here's truth. God says darkness and light have no partnership, so it just ain't going to happen. The deception of the devil would have you believe you can stumble in the dark over God's light, and then you can place it in yourself and begin to live out this wonderful truth and blessing of God's salvation. No, no one just walks up and joins in and makes themselves one of Jesus' sheep. You can believe that. Because without the good shepherd gathering his sheep, those sheep are lost. Now, I know and will testify of the anguish it causes you to know that you yourself have someone you love that have yet to experience the gathering by the good shepherd. I understand and I can truly relate. But keep praying for them and yourself that God would provide opportunities to proclaim him. And when he does... Do it and pray that God would open their heart like Lydia to receive the truth of his word and his spirit. So regardless of one's own desire for those we love and do want the best for them to live out this wonderful blessing of discipleship through God's salvation, each sheep must go through the gathering process by the good shepherd on their own and as much as you want to you cannot drag anyone into Jesus's fold yourself so stop doing that 
The Good Shepherd must be the one, with a capital O, that gathers them by his voice, his hand, or his staff. Please believe the Good Shepherd will use whatever he deems necessary for his sheep to move into his fold. Believe that. But you've got to believe and trust in the Good Shepherd. Because even if he doesn't, would you still have faith, love, believe, trust, and follow him? That's where the question, are you delivered, really applies. Now, I know there are some of you who've heard him clearly and moved. Praise God. Others were distracted by the noise, felt the strength of his hand, and they moved. Praise God for them. And even more than a few who were way out there felt the motivation of his staff. And I'm testifying from experience here. And we all quickly moved and entered his fold. So praise God for all of us. And all of us immediately began following him. That is the wonderful quality of the Good Shepherd. It's out of his agape love that he gathers the sheep that were given to him. Don't you want your loved ones and those God leads you to or brings to you to experience this wonderful work of the Good Shepherd? That's why you don't want to try to pass on salvation to them. Let them experience God's salvation on their own. And then they grow spiritually. You're like trying to do a spiritual implant, which you cannot perform successfully anyway. And by the life choices they make, and if they do make those and those are dishonoring to God, then you want to blame yourself when it wasn't you in the first place. So, why leave yourself exposed to the prowler to now pick up your scent? Leave that alone and trust the Good Shepherd. So, the truth? Sheep are either scattered in darkness or gathered in the light. They are either out of the fold of Jesus or in it. They are either lost without the Good Shepherd or found by him. So there it is again, no gray area. And when any sheep are in a state of being spiritually dead, they are unruly, rootless, and wandering aimlessly. They are continuous prey for the prowler, and he consistently deceives them, so they remain in his clutches. His relentless deceptive schemes result in a continuous state of spiritual enslavement and imprisonment. You know, what you're seeing and hearing today, don't you? Do you see the total disregard for God's authority he has established on this planet? And if anyone does not live out God's commands and truths, they are not Jesus' sheep, although they assert to be. But please understand, although one asserts it, but does not follow him, nor submit to God's sovereignty, word, commands, or truths, what are they? Are they as sheep or not? I pray, and so should you, that God the Holy Spirit gives you discernment. And when he does, you confirm what you're observing. Sheep behavior or wolves in sheep's clothing. Now, let's just examine the pure milk of the word, and then you tell me what you see in here. Listen, every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those exist, 
are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinances of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. Now that's God's word coming from Romans 13, 1-3. So it sounds like Jesus' disciples must keep your eye on and follow the good shepherd and live out his commands. And God will bring forth his judgment as he deems fit. Amen? You just imitate Jesus and keep entrusting yourself to the one who judges righteously. Now the lies and illusions of the devil will tell you anything to make you believe anything other than what God says. Believe that. But you tell me if you recognize any of these sinful deeds of the flesh everywhere. Quarreling intensely, leading to aggressive conduct triggering the sin of racism. Opposition and hostilities of all kinds. And its fruit? Dissension, rebellion, and division of all kinds of people. So, may I ask you, do you see resentment and jealousy, self-centeredness, selfish ambitions, and greed everywhere? Then listen to what God says. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. That's James 3.16. So, let me ask you, do you see disorder in this world? Do you see disorder especially here in the U.S.? You've got to be saying yes, or you're lying. So, if yes, then you must expect what God says will happen. That is, if you believe God, or you're going to call him a liar and say, oh, that's not true, he won't do that. But if you believe him, and you believe what he breathed as truth, then you must anticipate every evil thing to enter into this atmosphere we call earth. I can only imagine what God means when he says every evil thing. How about you? Have you ever given any biblical truth, any real thought, and the consideration of that? Have you ever pondered the fact that God says every evil thing? The amazing and chilling thing is, God doesn't say every evil person. God says thing. Talk about things that make you go, hmm. So you beginning to see why the question, are you delivered, is such an important question to ask? Consider this. You've witnessed humanity's mockery at what the only true God has created, don't you? So how do you respond to the scoffing at the only true God? Do you give hearty approval to it and stand by and do nothing as those who practice and flaunt the sin that so easily entangles them? Excuse me. And you, as a disciple of Jesus, do not proclaim him when God gives you ample opportunities to do so? It makes me wonder why people do not see and take action on the numerous spiritual opportunities to proclaim the work of God in another person's life when God presents opportunities to preach the kingdom of God each and every day. Don't you want to proclaim the good news that was given to you by the Good Shepherd? Don't you believe as his disciple when God wakes you for a new day like today, you are to be about Jesus' commission to go and make disciples? You can't depend on the church. You're the disciple. The church is made up of disciples. So disciples are the ones that should be doing the going and making. Especially when you know for a fact the person you're talking with or living with or interacting with is currently living an unrighteous life and practices you're observing our unrighteousness as God defines unrighteousness. 
As a disciple of Jesus, we know our opinion doesn't carry near the weight as God's word does. Use God's word. And then they rebel or dismiss God's word, then that will tell you wolf in sheep's clothing. So, consider this. How would you respond when you must give your account to Jesus like the initial disciples God mentions in Luke chapter 9 did? Oh, please don't tell me no, that was them, and you are exempt. Why, although you do profess you love, honor, serve, and worship the only true God, then why would you choose to remain silent and keep your talks and conversations safe? Is it so that you can be safe? Why would you linger on the physical level versus the spiritual level where God is? However, aren't we supposed to worship him in spirit and truth as his disciple? That ain't just singing, y'all. That's the way you live spiritually. You worship him spiritually. You're talking about spiritual things because you're in the spirit. It's not the physical realm. Leave it alone. There's nothing there that's going to enrich people's lives like the spiritual realm will. Disciples of Jesus know who and where the spiritual warfare and attacks are coming from. Don't you remember Ephesians 6, 12? The struggle is against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Heavenly, spiritual. They're not airplanes or kites. It's spiritual warfare. And I know you have been seeing or you're intentionally ignoring it, but look at all the victims, the wounded, and the casualties that are everywhere on this planet. Please, someone testify. Now, you would think, based on what God created, in which God brings forth originality, beauty, and uniqueness in every created being, and God, through his power, supernaturally bonds them together, creating an absolute wonder, and then on top of that, taking each of them into a deeper spiritual level, individually and jointly, by binding them together in Jesus. Now, if that's not the truth, then who created male and female? Who created marriage? And why did he create it? Why did God create man and woman and marriage? Well, let's listen to what he says. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. That's your Genesis 1.27. Now, where is this gender identity confusion coming from? God said what he did, did he not? He created male and female. So he created it. So, may I ask a military question to most of you civilians and the jarhead, squid, and airmen, please remain quiet. Where is the best place for the enemy to be in a war? Right inside your camp is the answer. And you can bet they will look just like you, so you would welcome them into your circles of influence. Or you just pass right on by them as they attempt to destroy you from the inside out. Believe that. Remember, this is spiritual warfare, y'all. And you better go get God's armor because without it, casualty is written all over you. And when I say casually, I mean your relationship with God will be destroyed. So will your marriage 
and your relationships with children and others, all falling victim to the devil that you let into your camp. What about this? For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That's Matthew 19.5. So where does the conflict come from to what God defines as man and his wife in marriage? You tell me what's God's work. You must know and believe the devil's objective is to blind the minds of the unbelieving with deception, thus devising illusions in a mirror of their mind, creating total confusion through the smoke of spiritual darkness. The devil is the author and causes these spiritual disorders, leading to disobedience to the only true God's word, truths, and commands. Now, not everyone has experienced childbirth That's a given. Yours truly included. That would be directly, that is, because I have been involved in childbirth indirectly because I'm a dad and a papa, and I love being both. But every man will know how babies are made and where they come from. They were never monkeys because that would be in opposition to God's word, seed after his own kind, which is a command to nature. This is not a suggestion by God. When God made the living vegetation, plants, trees, and fruit reproduce its own kind, then it has to be an absolute truth that God would surely provide a phenomenon of replication in humanity, empowering man and woman to provide God with new creations in his own image. Is that true or false? Listen. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind, and God saw it was good. That's your Genesis 1.12. You know at conception a human life is created, regardless of what humanity claims. And at that instant, God supernaturally infuses a soul and spirit into that human being. God's light and truth will proclaim to bring that life forth. But darkness would pronounce death on that new life because God said it was good. Now you believe the lies of the devil and think you have a right over something that's not even your own? Now, you would say that the baby was conceived in you. That is true. And that makes it yours to do what you so desire and totally miss the key point. Conceived. It's a little boy. It's a little girl, not just tissue. That little boy and that little girl is made in the image of the only true God, regardless of whether the conception was a mistake, unplanned, or whatever excuse you deem to use because of selfishness, then expect every evil thing. And the death of it is an evil act. Would that be any different than Cain and Abel? Yes or no? Please understand this truth. Although you may kill the body, the soul and spirit will live eternally with God because Jesus' eternal sacrifice paid for that life. Believe that. And those souls will join the other souls that are under the altar that's in the kingdom. And all of those souls who have been killed as a result of sin that's wreaking havoc in and through all of humanity are crying out for justice. And do not be deceived. 
Jesus is a righteous and just God and will bring forth his judgment when he deems fit. You, as a disciple of Jesus, who have been delivered, are to be living in God's truth and practicing righteousness. Therefore, you are called to testify about the truths of the only true God and not turn a blind eye to the any unrighteous living that's permeating and replicating from every crack and crevice on the God-forsaken planet, is it not? So, you will either live in the truth of the only true God or the lies of the devil, regardless of what anyone says to make up their own justification for practicing sin. You must know, believe, and live as God, and His Word is alive in you, and it's the only absolute truth. You, as a disciple of Jesus, must set your doctrine, your beliefs, your faith, your morals, and your testimony on God's truth. Amen? So I'll ask you again, are you delivered? Now, all that you're seeing, hearing, and living through is so different than what God wrote his word. It's the same sin and the same salvation. What you're witnessing in real time is the work of the devil and his disciples. And you know the frightening thing? They are misleading many. Could you be one of the many and do not realize it? Could you be one that's believing the devil's illusions? You must see life through a biblical view versus a worldview of the devil. Look at it like this. The devil's illusions make you believe the lie that God is anxiously awaiting your arrival in heaven. I will testify to you today. Yes, God is waiting. Yes, he is. And, but he's waiting at his judgment seat for you. Always remember what God says. And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, after this comes judgment. That's Hebrews 9.27. So you think anyone will pass by the judgment seat of Jesus? The devil's scheme is to attack your heart and mind, causing the illusion of righteous living because it feels good and looks right but the perspective of right has been skewed the truth is it's unrighteous living and the confirmation is the practice of various aspects of sinful behavior please believe any conduct that is other than righteousness satisfies the lust of the flesh the eyes and the boastful pride of life and all of it is opposed to the only true god the devil's relentless persuasions cause the suppression of God's truth, creating the reconstruction of their own ideologies, philosophies, principles, doctrines, beliefs, and morals over to his ideologies, philosophies, principles, doctrines, beliefs. And they're all based on a lie. Jesus proclaimed this truth in John 8, 44. The devil and his disciples attack the truth of God. The illusion of light their shining is artificial. That's why it's so deceptive. It's just like the mirage seen in a desert. It looks like an oasis. But no, when you arrive, it's hot and dry sand. Those being deceived see what they perceive to be salvation, but it's not. And when they arrive, it will be separation from God forever. These deceptions give off the appearance of a safe, non-tostic, a submissive, and informative relationships, which all appear to be good things, but they are very crafty in nature, deceiving and leading every man that's on the broad road into spiritual devastation forever. 
and whoever it may be that's wandering in spiritual darkness, they are susceptible to the schemes. They are vulnerable to the delusions. They are receptive to the myths. They are influenced by the distortions, and they are swayed by the craftiness of the schemes by the devil and his disciples. That's why being a disciple of Jesus is the, the opportunity to share what God has done in your life. You are like them, but you have been delivered. Have you not? And please understand, the devil's schemes are not always fierce or ferocious fabrications. They also can be very serene, which makes the enticement to sin against God even greater, which draws you in deeper and deeper into spiritual bondage and captivity. And then you find yourself, although deception gives the impression of God's sanctification, it's really God's condemnation, just like it was in a garden, because the life you are living is in opposition and defiance to the only true God. Therefore, every man needs to know about God's deliverance, and they must know they are in need of it. And you as a disciple of Jesus must understand and testify to God's will, God's plan, and God's purpose that will be fulfilled in a time and space God ordains it to happen. You see, this is why true disciples of Jesus glorify God for his deliverance work he performed in the lives of his sheep, his disciples. Are you glorifying God? Or are you just kind of shifting about on a road to your last day, whenever that is? And remember, it could be today. Read Luke 12 and what God says about that topic. So deliverance means to be set free, release, or let go. Well, it confirms that if you needed to be set free, you were enslaved. If you needed to be released, you are in captive. And if you need to be let go, you are in bondage. So if God does the setting free, releasing, and letting go, then the devil does the enslaving in prison imprisonment, excuse me, and binding up. Let me ask you again, are you delivered? You'll never see a sheep or a disciple for that matter. Hear God's voice and ignore or tune it out and saunter away from him. I truly believe the only true God has more power, more control, influence, love, grace, and mercy that will have that sheep desiring to follow him and him alone. Amen? Now, Want to hear the truth as to why? You know, the why? You know, everybody says, oh, what's your why? The real why is this, because Jesus commands it. And when Jesus commands it, it happens. Believe that. Listen to John 10, 27. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Jesus doesn't say, consider following me, or maybe you'll follow me. He says, follow. And all his disciples follow him. That, my fellow disciples, is a command by Jesus. So when he asks, are you living out his commands, following him would be one of his commands. So, are you following Jesus? Because the only way to end up where Jesus is going is to follow him now. Because if you don't, you surely will end up where the devil and his disciples are going. You must believe that truth as well. So, it's either following Jesus or following the devil because there's no gray area. So, if you hear his voice, well, then that must mean he's alive. Or, you're going to believe a lie that it only applied to them. Surely, you're beginning to recognize the deceptive schemes of the devil. Jesus didn't say they heard it. He says, my sheep hear my voice. 
And that would be in the present tense for you English lovers. That also means he's speaking. Do you hear his voice? And by the way, Jesus speaks so loudly that any noise you may be hearing, believe me, he will squash that. Penetrate the deceptive noise that the devil tries to use to distract you from his voice. Are you listening to the noise or are you listening for his voice? Are you one of his sheep? Because he uses the possession and personal, my sheep, not just any sheep, his. And listen to this truth. Nowhere in the passage does God say his sheep have to know him, but he knows them. So that must mean you got to have a relationship with him to know his voice because he speaks often in those relationships. Do you have a relationship with Jesus to know his voice when he speaks? So deliverance? Yes, deliverance. I will ask you this time, do you want to be delivered from the captivity of the devil? I'm going to send this up to you in a bubble. This question, excuse me, the question isn't if you have it. No. Every man has it because every man born of the seed of Adam has a sinful nature. So you have it. No question about it. The question is, though, do you practice it? And if you practice it, that means there's repetition and replication of it. So if you practice it, then the truth is you haven't been delivered from it. And if you haven't been delivered from it, you're still in it. If you're still in it, then you have to decide, are you going to believe the illusion that you're not in it or the truth that you need to be delivered from it? Because if you're delivered from it, you'll certainly practice something other than it. You can count on it. As we head back up, take this with you. God's deliverance is vital component to every man's salvation story. And the deliverer is none other than the only true God through his son, Jesus Christ. So if no deliverance is necessary, then why would there be now no condemnation, excuse me, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ? That's God speaking loudly in Romans 8.1. So if deliverance means release, rescue, and freedom, there must be some truth as to why a disciple of Jesus would need to be delivered, right? I've heard many people say, I've been a good person all my life. Deliverance, I don't need to be delivered. I don't need to be released. I'm not in prison. I don't need to be rescued. I was born and raised in a Christian home. I'm not lost. Why would I need freedom? I'm already free. I was born in U.S., and I was born free. So no thank you. No need for deliverance here. So let me tell you this. Being born of the Spirit is more important than being born anywhere on this planet. Believe that. But just because you were born a free citizen of a particular county, state, providence, or country, that may mean your physical being may be in a state of freedom, but that says nothing to your spiritual state of existence. God desires for his sheep to be doers of his word. Listen to James 1.22. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Just being a hearer will never 
give you access to the kingdom of God. I'm telling you the truth. You have plans on spending eternity with God, and you better have been delivered by him. Do this. Listen to what's being said, but do what God says. And lastly, are you delivered? Let me pray for you. Abba, we love you and we thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, I am truly thankful and so grateful for being delivered. I know that there was no way I could have ever, ever escaped the clutch, the lies, the deception, because it was alive in me and I was dead in my spirituality. And all I can say is, but God. And I know I am not the only one that would declare a being a wretch. And out of your agape love, you would rescue me. I know I am not the only one who would proclaim that truth. I know there are those out there, Lord, that are being misled and deceived. Present opportunities for us as your disciples to preach the truth in love, to go and share the good news so that we may proclaim him. We thank you that you've given us the opportunity for deliverance. I am truly so thankful for it. I really have almost become speechless for the wonder that has come into my life. Thank you for the inspiration to share this wonderful news of life change that comes when the light comes into their darkness. Shine your light on them. We thank you and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I am quite moved by my own deliverance, and I know there are those in my family that are truly thankful for my deliverance as well. But thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease. His compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You have a great week of worship and keep walking the way.